Good morning and welcome to the Kim Jong Bowie Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Daig, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Gabe Savarzo. A championship week, baby. Let's get it. Championship week. I gotta be honest. It uh, it took me a minute to kind of hype myself up for this week, having uh just lost in the semifinals. But I'm still happy for the boys. I'm happy for Camden. Uh, playing the yeah. Cinderella story. I'm happy for yeah, Conley. Cam, let, me ask, let me ask you a question real quick. On yeah. a scale of like one to Doc Rivers and the Clippers in the bubble, how are you feeling right now? Yikes. Um, okay, here's what I will say. So if we're going to go with that reference of Doc Rivers and the Clippers in the bubble, <laughs> it would be as if I was Doc Rivers, but the Lakers had lost the round before. And in this case, Zach was the Lakers. Like, that was the only person I cared about not winning our league. Um, And so when Camden knocked off Zach, honestly, I was good. I was fine. I wanted to win the league, but after that happened, I'm good. I'm straight chilling. So it's like a twisted metaphor a little bit, but it could could, uh, fit a little better. Not a great (laughs) metaphor, to be honest, but my mind's on basketball already ever since Camden knocked me off, so we're good. I would also argue that Connolly is more similarities to the Lakers than Zach, but that's for another podcast. I was really going with Conley as like the '96 <laughs> Bulls, but whichever, whichever. Yeah. You're um, the '73 win Warriors. Yeah, we're gonna have to stop with these references, okay? Because it's gonna get out of control pretty soon. But no, Gabe, you're right. It is championship week, uh, and we are down to the final two teams. That's how a championship works. Ha ha ha. Um. Like we mentioned before, Camden has made this miraculous Cinderella run coming from the uh, final playoff seed. So he was the sixth seed, barely sneaking into the playoffs. Uh, Looked rough doing it, to be completely honest. And then these last two weeks, he's knocked off Zach, as we mentioned before. And then this last week, he knocked me off. And really, uh, just making that Cinderella run. Conley has had a, a little bit easier time so i think a lot of people were thinking of him as um honestly one of the favorites going forward into the playoffs he was picking up steam at the right time uh made some shrewd trades um and then he ended up knocking you off in the first round gabe which you put up you you were close man he was vulnerable you only lost by 10 um and then this next week he puts up a whopping 193 points garrett did everything he could to stay with him, but it was just uh, too little, too late, and Connolly finds himself in the championship as I would believe an overwhelming favorite. Would you? Uh, would you agree with that? Um, I'm not going to say overwhelming, but definitely a favorite. And I would also like to point out that our side of the bracket actually put up more points than y'all's side of the bracket. Maybe emotionally, it felt like the easier side, but our side of the bracket just numerically was harder oh i was not i definitely was not saying y'all's was the easier side (laughs) um i just i think that his team picking up steam as the playoffs were coming in is more of what i was alluding to rather than camden's injury riddled team yeah and i also so camden's team is called the ir but looking through Connolly's team i think he had like eight or nine players this week that are either suspended questionable 
or uh, out on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. So, and Camden's only got like five or six. So Connolly's team, just depth wise, is just as ravaged, if not more ravaged, than Camden's team, who we've been giving a hard time for uh, all year. So it's going to be like these these two guys. They fought to the bitter end. And they have a shot at winning our first ever dynasty championship. So I agree, man. You got to give to them. Got to give both teams credit um, for just overcoming a lot, like you had just were talking about. So uh, they stuck with it. They made really good moves. They stayed on top of what they were looking at fantasy wise. Um, and honestly, both of them deserve to be here. So I'm not bitter. Uh, I'm happy for both of them. Um, so as you've kind of seen. Primarily, what we're going to be talking about today will be the championship matchup. So I don't imagine this is going to be as long as our usual pods. Um, but I did want to mention, for those that had missed it kind of in the sleeper message app, I did want to mention how the rookie draft is going to work, uh, especially for the ones that are in uh, or that have already been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, so if you missed the sleeper app conversation, um how the rookie draft order will work is the first four teams, they will all get put into um, a lottery with the lowest seed being Daniel having the highest odds of winning that lottery and the uh, seventh seed Bowie having the lowest odds of winning that lottery. And they will be arranged one through four uh, depending on how that lottery comes out. I'm going to do it on some sort of like app um, and I'm going to try to find a way to where it, uh, similar to how we decided on um, the initial draft order, where you could watch the video of the exact video I was watching to see the order of those guys that were running. Gabe, you remember what I'm talking about? Remember those? Like, yeah, I, no, I do. And you could probably like screen record it or something, yeah. but we can figure that I'm out. I'm going to find a way to put it in sleeper so everybody can see it rather than just me putting it out there and you guys having to trust my word on that. Um that's how the first four picks will go for the rookie draft. For the other six, um, depending on which round you lost in is where you will be drafting from. So Gabe, you lost in the first round of the playoffs as well as Zach. Uh, so you and Zach will have picks five and six. Now you get the fifth pick because your regular season record was worse than Zach's. Okay, so you'll have the fifth pick. Zach will have the sixth pick. Garrett and I both lost in round two. And so we make up the seventh and the eighth picks. Um, I get the seventh pick because my regular season record uh, was, well, we actually had the same record, so it goes to points four. I had less points four than Garrett. He was the one seed. I was the two seed. Um, And so I get the seventh pick in the rookie draft. And then, of course, for our champions, uh, Conley and Camden will have the ninth and tenth picks in the rookie draft. The loser of that game or this matchup will have the ninth pick and the champion will have the tenth pick. So all that makes sense? Yeah, sounds good. I just wanted to make sure I was being clear on that um, and that everybody kind of understood where we were at. Okay, before we dive into this championship game, I think that we should take a look at uh, the semifinal matchups, go over those a little bit uh, before we move on to our uh, deduction of the championship game. All right, so 
Let's start with uh, Garrett versus Conley this past week. And why don't you go ahead and give our initial thoughts both. Uh, just a reminder, the final score of this game was Conley put up 193.42 points and Garrett put up 171.85 points. So the semifinal game definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, go ahead and give us your thoughts on that game. Yeah, so uh, just looking up and down the game, um, Garrett's lineup gave it all he had. It didn't come down to start-sit decisions. I mean, Giovanni Bernard, just like everybody predicted, went off for 22.2 against the Steelers. But um, aside from that, it really came down to Devin White. And so I think there's a some like poetic irony in here because uh, – he had traded away Todd Gurley, right? And so he traded away Todd Gurley, and he was like, okay, this guy will not be the reason that I lose my fantasy matchup. However, on those Devin White sacks in the fourth quarter, do you know who was in pass protection giving up the sack to Connolly's football team? Can you guess? I, I actually have no idea. So it was Todd Gurley. Devin White came on a delayed blitz like two or three times, the same exact delayed blitz, and Todd Gurley never saw it. That's why, I mean, that's not the entire reason why Ido Smith was running ahead of him. Todd Gurley also didn't look great. But Ido Smith, none of them could, they, they couldn't figure out the blitz packages that Tampa Bay was hitting them with. And so in this weird, like, twisted way, Todd Gurley still cost Garrett a spot in the championship because he couldn't pick up a block and gave up sack after sack on Matt Ryan. So. Okay, you remember remember initially in the draft, and I know I don't, Garrett did Garrett draft him. Garrett draft Todd Gurley. Yes, he Probably. did. He did, didn't he? Yeah. I remember in the initial draft, I was giving Garrett out. Yes, because I made the joke. I was like. I was like, I don't know about you, but I like I like my running backs to have two knees rather than just one. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like a whole a whole uh coming back around to the crap I gave Garrett initially for that pick. Uh I'd like to think that I was a little justified, even though it was in pass pro. So a, a little bit. I he still Gabe, flipped him into Gabe, David Montgomery. Gabe, I had <laughs> I did it. I did it. You're right. You're right. I, I, I still correct. think that that trade has so far favored uh, Garrett a oh, little absolutely. bit more strongly. But um, I just thought, like, Garrett had the foresight, I feel like, as a fantasy player to be like, okay, I milked Todd Gurley for his worth of touchdowns. Now let's try to, like, get what I can for him, and he won't cost me a championship. And in the end, he just he he couldn't figure out how to block Devin White and still cost him a spot in that championship game. Just as a but, side note, Gabe. Yeah. Do you think this is the end of Todd Gurley's career? Um, it's hard to say. Running the the way that running backs age in the NFL and just the way that the rookie running backs have looked. Yeah. Like I feel like the Rams this year will take another third round running back next year, and he'll run the right alongside cam Akers and the other third round running back like that they've that. gotten every single year. Like, I just feel like teams, like they just, they accumulate all of these young guys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's very rare times where 
you get like an Aaron Jones or a Dalvin Cook or like a, a, a back who is just, or a Derrick Henry, who has just established themselves as like so clear and above the rest that you have to like give him a second contract. So Todd Gurley, um, it might be the end. We'll see. But um, definitely doesn't look great even to figure finish out this uh, regular season. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny too. So just going back to Garrett's team, going into the last night, I think he needed something like thirty-five points out of Alvin Kamara, um, and it was like, oh, that's a super long shot. But then it was announced like uh, Drew Brees was going to be starting that game, and it was like, wait a second, could this could this actually happen? You know, right? And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, it didn't totally work out, um, but. It with going up against a team that put up 193 points, like you were still in it on that last night, like that's that's pretty respectable. I know he's not happy with like ha- that final outcome of it all, but um, yeah. What and was was that game on Sunday? Was it on Monday or Sunday night? I thought that game was a little bit earlier in the day, but you could be right. Oh, was it? I thought it was like a, in the later slot, like the three o'clock slot, but I don't oh. I don't all the way remember. Okay, I don't maybe I'm thinking of somebody else then, um, but I thought there was like some chance that he had uh, where it was looking bleak, and then something changed in the lineups to where he was. It was like, wait a second, this might actually happen. Uh, maybe it was one of his IDPs or something, or I'm just totally yeah, off. But it could have it could have been. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I do know that on Connolly's side, um, his team uh, played very well. Uh, <laughs> like we were talking about his IDPs. Um, they put up like a combined, uh, like 40, like almost 60 points, like an insane amount. And it yeah. kind of masked some of the Raheem Mostert and Kareem Hunt disappointments. Like Darren, Darren Waller, we, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the uh, analysis of the next matchup. But he, I feel like, is approaching that like tight end tier oh, that yeah. only contains Travis Kelsey right now. And, and George Kittle of uh, last year, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the Titans. So, like, the Titans are gonna are gonna win a lot of people fantasy championships if they can just hold on for one more week. So, yeah, yeah uh, that's that's about all. I mean, I felt like uh, this was a good uh, matchup, and it just it had to fall one way, and it happened to fall Connolly's way. But um, if Buda Baker had one of those crazy games mm-hmm. instead of Devin White, we could be very easily talking about Garrett in this spot instead of Connolly. Well, that's exactly what I was going to mention. You know, for a lot of this, for a lot of the regular season, Garrett was actually, his team performed really well, but uh, it, the huge difference was his IDPs were, for the most part, vastly outperforming whoever he was playing. Um, and it's just kind of interesting that, in a in a week where Conley was actually really vulnerable, like just with the injuries he was going through, um, and the people who were out either to, due to COVID or whatever, he had minimal weeks from Austin Eckler and Raheem Mostert and Kareem Hunt, like you mentioned, and then he just has this gigantic IDP game, um, like that's what Garrett had been doing to people all year, you know, with those nutso Buddha Baker uh, games or. Um, like I'm trying to see how many times Buda Baker. Yeah, oh my gosh, Buda Baker. He had a stretch where he had put up 22, 17, 22, 28, 31, 
and then yeah, they were they were like all in prime time too. So you got oh to watch gosh. every pass breakup, every interception, every like every yeah. tackle for loss, and you just were like, man, I wish I had that guy on my team. Yeah, prior to Devin White's big day, uh, he's been really solid all year. No, he's yeah, he really, really has. Yeah, wow. So just just interesting that kind of a strategy maybe by accident that Garrett was running was just to totally dominate in the IDP department. He's the one who ends up getting dominated um, in the semifinal. So did you have anything else on that matchup, Gabe? No, that that was about it. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the matchup between me and Camden. Um, So I'm not going to lie to you, like going into this matchup, I was feeling pretty good. I was like, dude, Zach just lost. I was a little worried about Zach's players because he had players that would just get 40 at, at will. I was like, all right, I'm feeling feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good. And then this is the performance that I got out of my team. I, I, I was pretty disappointed. I was happy that Camden put up like a solid 153 and that we didn't do the whole, um, you know, 95 to 100 semifinal matchup. Uh, but my team did not perform well um specifically players that had just been carrying me all year just didn't uh didn't carry me quite as much i can't blame them like Devonte adams he still had 7.7 points but it's Devonte adams right in a semifinal. like i was hoping for way more than that cam Akers gets, gets banged up really early in that rams game so zach just for you i got scammed on that one um and TJ Hawkinson, who has been who had been really solid for me all year, puts up negative point two points. Like that was that was super crushing. Um, and and those like I just really didn't get any pop from anybody outside of Josh Allen. He came he showed up to play. Um, but that was unfortunate on my end. Uh, but ultimately, I felt like Camden's team performed well, uh, and he was deserving of taking the win here. What were your thoughts? Yeah, very similarly. I feel like Devontae Adams like got so many people right to the doorstep. And then like even though seven point seven, like that seems like like a decent game, you maybe will be able to overcome it. Like he had just been doing so much for the entire season, seven for forty two, like yeah. just wasn't going to quite give you enough to push you over the edge. Um Cam Akers, man, the injury just derailed the day that he was supposed to have against the Jets. Also, the entire Rams team against the Jets forgot that they were playing against the Jets or I don't know what was what was going on. Maybe Trevor Lawrence slipped like the Rams coach a $100 bill and was like, I feel better in uh, Florida. But <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know. Um much aside from that, it just it was an unfortunate week to not get huge performances from the guys that you had been getting huge performances from the entire year. Yeah, and uh, it's gotta feel bad to lose to Jeff Wilson. Here's so. one. Here's one for you. Uh, since week seven, uh, Devontae Adams had only had three weeks that were less than twenty points. Yeah, um, it was week. Let me see. Week 10, he put up 13.6. Week 12, he put up 15. And this week, he put up 7.7. You know, so even like everything else had been 20 or higher, which is just, it's ridiculous and honestly pretty unsustainable. But 
just unfortunate that it happened there. Um, and yeah, I heard the I heard the shout out lost to Jeff Wilson. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, but I uh, I mean Devontae Adams, he he dropped you off right at the doorstep of the semifinals. Like like you said, he'd been carrying mm-hmm. the entire like an entire he'd been carrying more than uh, just your team. Like I think he was the number two receiver. Him and Tyreek Hill just keep flip flopping on who's the number one and who's the number two, but they're far and above uh, a lot of the other receivers in the yeah. league as far as fantasy production is concerned. Yeah, and then it was just kind of unfortunate. I'd gotten a, a, just a few people banged up. I, nothing in comparison to Camden, so I'm not going to sit here and complain about injuries. Uh, but just Terry McLaurin, he has been injured, I think, for a few weeks and just kind of been playing through his injury. And so I don't, I definitely don't think he's 100%. Um, I was actually happy with his production with 11.2, but I'm hoping for a lot more going forward, like in the future. Um, and his just yeah. quarterback situation is really brutal as well. <laughs> It's hard to, the Washington football team doesn't have a ton of offense, but their target share is interesting because Mm -hmm. it's dominated by tight ends and running backs. And like Logan Thomas has got like 15 targets last week. Uh, JD McKissick got like 12 targets and like they're, it's not just Dwayne Haskins. It's not just uh, Alex Smith. It's like, it's confusing. And Terry McLaurin is good enough to where he doesn't have to be wide open to like justify throwing him the ball so hopefully like you said maybe it's an injury maybe it's like just a game plan thing but hopefully they find a way to get that guy the ball because he's special just looking at uh camden's bench i know we're not to the championship matchup yet we'll do that in just a second but i i was surprised that salvin ahmad or ahmed i i really don't even know how to pronounce his name the running back for the dolphins um yeah he had 23 carries and he turned that into 122 yards and a touchdown, uh, which is ridiculous. But, yeah. you, you know, it's I'm, I'm not even sitting here like Camden had other options. You know, he, he didn't even pick the perfect picks. It was he could have chosen a few other people on his bench that would have put up massive points too, like Leonard Fournette put yeah. up 20 points. Um, uh, who yeah. Was well, we'll, we'll get Johnson? into it. Yeah, a little bit in the future, but he is benefiting from a number of injuries that's pushing these guys into roles that they wouldn't maybe normally have. Right, namely like Leonard Fournette, Jeff Wilson, and Salvin Ahmed. Um, that's how you say all... it, Salvin Ahmed. Yeah, that's oh, uh, at least that's how I've heard it said. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that's how I've heard it said. But yeah, uh, like he, he's another Washington running back that uh, Miami has leaned on when Gaskin is out, and uh, it like he he might have eaten into Miles Gaskin's playing time now that he got uh, reactivated off of the COVID nineteen list. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see what their uh, decision making process is. But he's going to face a very similar running back situation this week, and we're going to have to see what his decisions are. Well, we've put it off long enough, Gabe. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, great transition into our championship game. It's going to be Conley versus Camden. The final two, the two that deserve our talking about, um, the two that have made it all the way to the end here. Do you want to start on Conley's side or Camden's side? So... um the way that the doc that I've prepared is set up, it goes positionally. So let's okay. match them up head to head positionally. And I think we can do some pretty deep dive analysis here That's and really see, about. bring it to the, bring it to the surface. What 
it is that's on the line, what it is that you're actually going, when you put this player in your lineup, what it is that you're actually doing. So you've got, for Camden's team at quarterback, you've got Jalen Hurts, a.k.a. the cheat code, a.k.a. waiver wire pickup two weeks ago, or Justin Herbert, a.k.a. Dak Jr., a.k.a. who got you here. Okay? So you've got a decision to make this week, Camden, and it's not easy. Pretty much the the mantra of his entire lineup, of Camden's entire lineup, is nothing besides Aaron Jones and A.J. Brown are set in stone. I guess maybe your IDPs because he doesn't roster more than two. But there is decisions up and down this lineup that are going to come down to more than just this guy is projected more, so I'm going to throw him in. They're like matchup decisions. There is personnel decisions. There's there's just a lot. So here, uh, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts versus Justin Herbert? Jalen Hurts, uh, for me, it would it would take a lot to play Jalen Hurts. Um, Justin Herbert has a decent matchup against Denver. Uh, I know the rushing upside and the matchup against Dallas is intriguing, but we've only seen it once, right? Like, he put up 18 points two weeks ago against New Orleans, and then we had 28 points last week. I I really think that I'm going to ride with the guy who got me there. Um, That would be just more of, like, my philosophy because it could be it could very easily come out and Jalen Hurts just puts up a stinker like it, it just it just could happen you know like maybe yeah. it's something we just haven't seen or, or Dallas exposes not that they're great defensively at all um I, for me I'm going with Justin Herbert yeah so they're they're much closer to me than that I don't think that I can even decide one right now Jalen Hurts last week, 401 total yards, mm-hmm. 338 passing yards, 63 rushing yards. That's more than Carson Wentz had in a single game in his entire career. He had more total yards last week than Carson Wentz had in a single game in his entire career. Yikes. So I think I think the promise for Jalen Hurts is sky high. And I like I, I don't think that Dallas is going to be the defense that slows him down, even though they're on like a tiny win streak. Oh, I don't. Justin I, Herbert, I definitely don't think that. So either. Justin, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Justin Herbert, most completions under pressure in the NFL with 99. The second most is Josh Allen with 85. But he's just been a beast despite the play of his O-line, despite uh, other teams uh, flustering him with the blitz. Outside of Bill Belichick, arguably one of arguably the greatest coach in NFL history or one of mm-hmm. who frustrated him a little bit earlier in the season with different schemes and blitzes. He's been pretty much unfazed by pressure this year yeah. and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, Hunter Henry. It doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to Austin Eckler. Even he finds a way to get it done. And he's just been such a special rookie prospect and such a special fantasy asset. So it's going to be a tough decision um, but those that's kind of Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert for well, me. Hey, Gabe, just really quick on Jalen Hurts. Uh, so he puts up all that yardage. Did you see that he was sacked six times last I week? I did not. No. He was sacked six times, and he fumbled three times. Yikes. Um, so, like, the yardage is there. I do wonder, like, uh, in our league especially, there is a huge emphasis on, like, don't let your quarterbacks get sacked. That's minus a lot of points. Yeah. Um, so I do wonder if that's something – that you consider 
Like, yeah, not, that's a great point. So I don't that's know. a great point. I had no idea. I didn't. I didn't realize that. So then we've got uh, on the other side. We've got Ryan Tannehill versus uh, Green Bay. And by the way, Justin Herbert plays Denver, and Jalen Hurts plays Dallas. So uh, Ryan Tannehill at Green Bay. We've got the this Tennessee at Green Bay game. Um, it's an island game Sunday night, and it's it will literally crown our first dynasty league champion. <laughs> there we don't they don't have a single player. I don't think when I was going up and down their lineup playing on Monday night, we will know at the end of the seven twenty game on Sunday night who our first dynasty league is champion is. Wow, and and in that game, Ryan Tannehill will be playing. AJ Brown will be playing. Corey Davis will potentially be playing. Aaron Jones will 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 be playing. Wow! There is so much fantasy implication in that game on Sunday night. So prepare yourself for uh, a lot of sleeper messages, a lot of real time tilt because it's not it's not <laughs> going to be red zone cutting away from this game. It's going to be it's going to hurt through the commercial breaks, people. Do they have any uh, IDP options for that night or no? Um, that's a good question. I was just I thinking think so. as far as like, I feel like that's when stack, that's where stack corrections happen the most with the IDPs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, so. That is true. That's a fair point. Um, but I was going to say for Ryan Tannehill, best case scenario for Connolly is he, com- he gets completions to non-wide receivers, especially Derrick Henry, because on Camden's side of the ball, he has two wide receivers outside of uh, like Batson, I think, is the slot wide receiver this week. So he has the two real wide receiver weapons that Tennessee has um, mm-hmm. on his fantasy team. So he really needs to see Ryan Tannehill. This could be like a fantasy mediation where like if Ryan Tannehill does well, conversely, AJ Brown and Corey Davis do well if he does poorly. Like it could be like not impactful, but those receptions that go to especially Derrick Henry have like a double dip value for Conley. Hmm. Yeah. And also, um, just one more thing: Ryan Tannehill, fourth highest QBR in the NFL, only behind Rodgers, Mahomes, and Josh Allen. So he's playing great. He's owned. He's earned every penny of that extension that he got last year. He has reemerged as a franchise quarterback outside of the uh, Miami and Adam Gase system. I will say, according to our rankings, uh, which might be a little bit different, I think he's number seven quarterback. Yeah. Were you talking oh. about the QBR for him? Yeah, I was talking okay. about like uh, like the QBR. Just like, yeah, I could have done fantasy points. I just no, wanted no, no, to emphasize good. how his he's not throwing a lot of picks. He's throwing a lot of touchdowns and. He is like completing a lot of passes percentage wise. So he's playing really well. But the advantage for the quarterback position, I'm actually going to give it to Camden here. Ooh. And you'll see why. I'm, I, you'll see why. It goes in, we'll go into it a little bit more. But Green Bay's pass defense is really good. And their run defense is really bad. So I think that Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert just by default are going to be asked to do more than Ryan Tannehill will. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill's a bad play this week, but I do think the advantage lies with Camden. Okay. All right. Let's get into the running backs. So, like I alluded to earlier, Camden has, like, one lock at his skill positions and then one decision to make at his skill positions in a lot of these cases. So his lock is Aaron Jones. 
hashtag free Aaron Jones, because without Jamal Williams, I feel like he enters the top five weekly conversation with Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, that tier of running back. He played 90% of snaps in week 15, received a season-high 20 carries, turned that into 145 yards and a touchdown. He looked spectacular, and Jamal Williams unfortunately went down with a thigh injury. But if Jamal Williams is out and held out of this game, Aaron Jones is top one or top two uh, fantasy option this week, I feel like, at running back. You agree? And isn't that kind of what we saw towards the beginning of the season a lot too? Like he was getting snap percentages close to like 70%. Yeah, I can – I can double oh. check, but this was his season high in. Um, oh wow! Yeah, in attempts. Yeah, and he actually has. The, so before Jamal Williams went down, his highest snap percentage in a game was week three at seventy-one percent. Mm. So it was about a twenty percent difference. Oh! Oh my gosh! So, but yeah, yeah so, you look at the carries too, especially like early in the season, 16, 18, 16, 15. Yeah. And then they kind of weaned and uh, uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers decided to go nuclear as well. But, yeah, but then you're yeah. back up to 20 uh, attempts this past week. If you're looking at something close to that, you got to think that's a that's going to be a pretty juicy, juicy play for Camden. Yeah, definitely a smash play. And a lot of times people feel like, uh, and, and even... I, to some extent, feel like a good running game maybe takes away from a game, but more often than not, they kind of complement each other. And so I feel like if Aaron Rodgers is playing at the level that he's playing at right now, it only makes Aaron more uh, valuable as a fantasy asset. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, the decision that he's going to have to make at RB2 is going to be Leonard Fournette versus Detroit or Jeff Wilson at Arizona. This is just what I'm assuming looking at the roster. I mean, he could play anybody that he rosters on this running back, but I think those two kind of stood out to me. Salvin Ahmed stood out to me a little bit earlier in the week as well, but Miles Gaskin being reactivated and likely to play kind of pushes him out of that RB2 discussion. Um, And so I thought it was interesting if Camden starts Leonard Fournette, the first two running backs that Daniel drafted in the startup will be facing off in the championship. (laughs) So Derrick Henry was Daniel's second round pick and Leonard Fournette was Daniel's fifth round pick. That's pretty funny. So (laughs) he doesn't have a, he doesn't roster a single running back that he uh, drafted in the first five rounds of our startup. Uh, the next running back he drafted was Keyshawn Vaughn as well. So that is why <laughs> Daniel was so uh, running back weak. That is I went brutal. back and looked at his draft, and Naeem Hines, like, thankfully has proved himself because without that and turning Derrick Henry into a first-round pick and Jonathan Taylor, who was also broken out, it was going to be slim pickings at running back for Daniel, to say the least. Yeah, have we mentioned for Leonard Fournette, so, like, he was a healthy scratch, I think, uh in week 14 yeah Yeah. and and then this past week the reason that he actually got lead back duties was because ronald jones got covid yeah and so this is this is uh all dependent on if ronald jones doesn't go so ronald jones one has to get reactivated off of the covid list and two he had that surgery on his pinky and so he has to prove that he can secure the ball to bruce arians in that offense 
So um, Bruce Arians has actually said that it's unlikely that that happens, that Ronald Jones is good to go. It looks like Leonard Fournette will get at least right. one more week of lead back duties. But yeah, if Ronald Jones is active, I would be nervous to play Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, Jeff Wilson, on the other hand. Everything um, says uh, just Ronald Jones is expected to miss. Uh, yeah. If yeah, he exactly. was cleared, he wouldn't even be able to practice until Saturday. Um, right. So that's that's why they think that he's expected to miss. Right. Um, Raheem Mostert being shut down for the year because of an ankle injury has led to Jeff Wilson being the lead back uh, in, in the 49ers offense. So he's a, he's the lead back in a run-heavy offense with Kyle Shanahan at the helm. Um, you still have to worry about Tevin Coleman getting a little bit of run there. But um, at Arizona, who is not a not an elite run defense, but also not a terrible run defense, mm-hmm. it's an interesting play. Um, you could see him um, get a, a decent amount of carries as the lead back. But like I said, none of those two are um, like instantly smash into your lineup. They take a little bit more thought and analysis, and ultimately it's going to be up to Camden to decide uh, what decision he's going to make. So, yeah, I, I have a gut feeling that uh, ever since he beat me, he just went ahead and set his lineup for what it's going to be on Sunday, uh, <laughs> for what he wants it to be, I guess, because you're right, with the Ronald Jones thing, if that happens, that is going to affect Leonard Fournette, but... I have a suspicion he's going to want to run Leonard Fournette out there as his RB2. Yeah, could be. All right, on Connolly's side, we've got Derrick Henry at Green Bay and Austin Eckler versus Denver. So we've got Derrick Henry versus Aaron Jones in this game. Um, two actually not great rushing offenses or rushing defenses mm-hmm. versus two elite running backs. And so I feel like there's going to be a lot of rushing yards in this game combined. Um, I think that this game could have the running back one and running back two on the week. They're uh, like what I was alluding to. Both of these teams are bottom 10 rush defenses and both backs are in line for just insane usage. Aaron Jones, because Jamal Williams is out and Derrick Henry because it's December and you know what happens in December. He only gets better and stronger. (laughs) Hey, over under 350 combined rushing yards <laughs> for those two. Serious. I would take I would take the oh. 300. I think it's going to be right at 300. Yeah. If it's 300, I I probably take the over. But 350 that's a little high. Uh, I think it I think 300 right where I would take the over. Like wow. <laughs> right at the line, which is insane. That is insane. Like I really think there's going to be so much rushing in this game. Yeah. And not to mention, um, Jair Alexander is going to be participating in the contest, which always makes for difficulty in fantasy matchups on the receivers end. But, okay, so we've got Derrick Henry. Uh, just to emphasize how good Derrick Henry has been for fun, because uh, why not? And Our like legal loves this. About, yeah, like anybody was thinking about sitting him anyways. <laughs> Derrick Henry, 23 runs. With 10 plus yards after contact this season. Oh my God. The next closest is Dalvin Cook with 13. So, this is <laughs> if he stiff armed a guy at the line, he got 10 more yards after that at least. He has 23 of those. He's averaging more than one of those per game. Dalvin Cook is right at under one. Dude, a game. I will <laughs> never, I will never get tired of Derrick Henry stiff arms. Like, that is just Dude. something in my life I will <laughs> never get tired of. 
So good. And so, uh, yeah, Derrick Henry um, should be a fun game to watch on Sunday night in prime time. We've got Austin Eckler lined up as the RB2 for Connolly. Connolly has a lot less um, start-sit decisions, I feel like, on his team. He's got um, maybe some flex considerations, some question marks there. But Austin Eckler, um, he's also poised for a top-five running back game. He's playing a struggling Denver defense that gave up 150 yards rushing to Devin Singletary and Zach Moss last week. I don't know if you roster Devin Singletary or Zach Moss in any fantasy leagues, Cam, but they have not been putting up 150 yards rushing this entire year. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Austin Eckler is poised to uh, have a great game. I think um, we would be remiss not to mention that Kalen Balazs did get a little bit of run as a running back. And especially along the goal line, he actually vultured a touchdown from Austin Eckler. But Austin Eckler's um, just prominence in the passing game, as well as um, lead back duties, give him a pretty strong upside for this game. And uh, all that to say, I give the advantage of pretty significantly to Conley in the running back well, hold department. On. Gabe, let's, let's break it down. Just RB1s. So in the RB1 department, Aaron Jones versus Derrick Henry, who do you give the edge? Oh, that's tough. Um, and we can say like it's equal. It's it's a toss up. I mean, I'm okay. maybe edge out Derrick Henry, but like it it cancels out in my analysis. Austin so far and above Leonard Fournette or Jeff Wilson mm-hmm. that that's where the significance lies for me. Okay, okay. Because yeah. Leonard Fournette, he his game was good because he fell into the end zone twice because Tom Brady's receivers got tackled on the one yard line. Mike, that's the Mike Twice. Evans special, so, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Jeff Wilson, uh, I don't think the 49ers are going to be winning that game. I think Beathard is starting, or uh, I don't know if Garoppolo. I think I saw that Garoppolo was, like, being, uh, like, worked out or his window opened to uh, be activated from IR. But I think they're target. I think C.J. Beathard is the uh, starting quarterback. I think they're going to be losing that game. And I think that even though Jeff Wilson will be the lead back, He's not nearly the upside play that Austin Eckler is. Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay, so are you counting like is flex a different category for you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Flex is this is just like yeah. So straight down the line. Obviously, okay. obviously, if Cam or if Camden doesn't start Leonard Fournette or Jeff Wilson in his running back slot, then they will flex. be flex considerations at gotcha. least. Gotcha. But um the threshold for starting a flex i feel like is a little lower than rb2 just to make things easier for analysis sake okay perfect so we want to go on to the wide receivers then yeah wide receivers all right this is gonna be juicy so we've got aj brown at green bay another lock for camden here's the problem though if camden starts Corey davis one of his receivers will always be covered by jair alexander hmm Jair Alexander has allowed the least fantasy points per game of any corner in the NFL and is the second highest graded corner according to Pro Football Focus. He, this, this is something that he's done all season. You look at statistics season long. You look at the last eight games. You look at the last four games. Jair Alexander has been the best cover corner in the NFL, and it's not particularly close. Because Green Bay's pass defense is so good, I think that caps a lot of upside. The The positive here is that 
AJ Brown projects to see more Kevin King, who's the other side corner. So AJ Brown lines up on the left side a lot. And then Kevin King lines up on the right side. They don't mirror or shadow with Jair Alexander a lot. And I don't project that to be the case. Neither does uh, any of the shadow reports that I read or ESPN's Mike Clay. And so this is a far more middle of the road matchup. So the idea is a lot like when I was playing Connolly with Marvin Jones against Jair Alexander, get the ball to the receiver that's not covered on that side of the field. <laughs> that makes because, sense. Because, uh, yeah, it he's he's way too good. He, like, just come off of a play action and throw it the other way. And I think that you'll have success. Still, it's just going to be tough because even though A.J. Brown lines up mostly on the left and he'll mostly see Kevin King, they do mix up formations like any NFL team does. And so uh, it's just you're always going to have one guy covered by Jair Alexander, especially when your third option at receiver is like Batson. I, I want to say I'm saying that right. Is something Batson is when I saw it. Okay, so Gabe, but, let's say let's say you're Camden, right? Okay, in, yeah. <laughs> in a certain to a certain degree, like you're gonna have to put up a good number of points. You're looking for a lot of ceiling plays. Yeah. Knowing that that playing both of those guys probably caps your ceiling, are you picking one or are you playing both? In in uh, AJ Brown and Corey Davis, are you playing it's both? It's so of them? hard. I know. It's so hard because okay, here's the other option for wide receiver two. You've got Chris Godwin at Detroit. So Chris Godwin faces the Lions. Slot corners Justin Coleman. Chris Godwin plays 68 percent of his snaps from the slot. This defensive unit has allowed the eighth most fantasy points to the slot over the past month. Oh. So I think Chris Godwin, I would probably, probably play lock. over Corey Davis. But here's the issue. Like, there's so many weapons on that Bucks offense yeah. that it just it could turn into... We've seen Tom Brady not play favorites in on any team that he's faced, right? He doesn't force you the ball. If Scotty Miller's the one streaking down the middle of the field, he's going to get it to him in one way or the other. One way or another. You know, Mike Evans, yeah. Rob Gronkowski... Antonio Brown, we saw last season, last week connect. Like, that's that's where you're fighting. Corey Davis and AJ Brown are not going to be fighting amongst their own team for targets. They are core game plan staples. Chris Godwin, easier matchup, but could be just unfortunately, like I, I, Mike Evans has an advantageous matchup in the or matchup in this game you know yeah antonio brown has an advantageous ma- matchup in this game so it just the ball could fly the 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 dice could roll a different way and so like i said i still think i would go chris godwin but there's all all three of these chris godwin Corey davis and i wanted to brandon cooks as well as wide receiver two decisions because i feel like they're all in a very similar tier of receiver and you could make cases for and against all three of them yeah, Brandon Cooks had a 99% snap percentage coming back from his injury in week 14. Yeah, he's he's the alpha on that team when he's healthy, and uh, especially after the suspension of Will Fuller. But even while Will Fuller was there, um, Brandon yeah. Cooks was still a target monster. Very, very, uh, very, very good. Here's the issue, though. Uh, the Bengals uh, have one good player on defense, and his name is William Jackson III. He plays corner, and he shadows the best receivers. Brandon Cooks. So on Jackson, Jackson has actually been only been targeted on 15% of his coverage snaps and is allowing 0.22 fantasy points per route. 
So a lot like Jair Alexander, he kind of funnels pass plays away from him because he's so far and above the, like the, the, the green Bay Packers are a better pass defense than the Bengals. Right. Mm -hmm. But in like in, in a similar way, they still throw away from the best corner on that team. So Brandon cooks, and he, he actually will not really be able to escape this shadow coverage unless he uh, game plans into the slot. And so I have written in um, a hero play that one of these guys could make because there's a guy sitting on our waivers right now that I feel could make a fantasy impact and predictably so. Who is it? If somebody has the the, the stones. Uh, we'll get into it when I get into hero plays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep us keep us waiting, Gabe. You're just gonna keep us waiting. So that's kind of the analysis for the uh, receiver. Okay. Um. So we've got Connolly's receivers now. So uh, DK Metcalf versus the Rams. Deontay Johnson versus Indianapolis. So we've got DK Metcalf versus Jalen Ramsey, round two. Uh, shadowed in the first matchup in week ten, Ramsey held Metcalf to 28 yards on four targets. It's not a great stat line. Not a great stat line to see in your fantasy football playoff championship. You know, mm-hmm. the Rams also have an elite pass defense. They are allowing the fewest points to wide receivers this season. They're allowing the fewest receiving yards this season. The fewest touchdowns. You get the picture. They are number one. They they are the best pass defense. And it's not. This isn't a situation where it's just one good corner and the rest of the team is not great. They have a great pass rush. They have great corners. Uh, great linebackers in coverage. The team is good. What what Connolly can hold on to is that this team just lost to the Jets last week. And so um, some teams that allows you to bounce back and kind of reality check and other teams, it spirals you. And uh, like much like the Steelers, you uh, go on a losing streak and you kind of forget your identity as a team. So we'll have to see how the Rams react but yeah, DK Metcalf just matchup wise across the line of scrimmage is not great. So just a note on that with the Rams, um, it always feels like the Rams show up to play the Seattle Seahawks. Like it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what year it is, doesn't matter like who's on a losing streak, who's on a winning streak. It has become one of those like faux matchups of yeah like kind of a faux rivalry sort of thing no i'm with you i feel like every game that has those two teams feels like a playoff game it really like it just has like, that, like punch back and forth like every play like means something to these two teams it really does feel like that and, and I actually honestly, i actually swing the other way of you uh okay like them just losing to the jets i could actually i there's in the realm of possibilities them taking that loss and being so pissed off all week and like uh game planning for the Seattle Seahawks that uh they just come out and they just steamroll them like I can actually see a situation of that happening yeah no I uh, I hope that is true I hope that the mental fortitude namely mainly because they are still in the playoff hunt they're they're in the thick oh, of yeah. they need to figure it out if they want to compete and so um I do hope you're right it's just I uh have my doubts, you know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, on the as as a wide receiver too, we've got Deontay Johnson 
versus Indianapolis. This is, again, what I'm assuming um, through injuries and through just different things, it's become Deontay Johnson. Um, worth mentioning that Michael Thomas got thrown on IR uh, to save him for the NFL playoffs, but it's unfortunate for fantasy players who were waiting on him in the uh, fantasy playoffs because it uh, obviously you're not going to have him. So anyways, Deontay Johnson projects to see Xavier Rhodes in Indianapolis. But uh, the note that I wrote here was his fantasy performance is so much less about matchup and so much more about like the Steelers execution as an offense, right? So he's dealing with drops. The Steelers running game has been abysmal. Big Ben's accuracy has been like put on display and like under scrutiny because it has been so like so poor and so i think that while deontay johnson is is the one in that offense and indianapolis is like a a middle of the road matchup especially with xavier Rhodes, i don't think that it's going to come down to like this battle between deontay johnson and xavier Rhodes. i think it'll be a lot more about what steelers offense do we see are we going to see the one that lost three straight and just lost to ryan finley and the Bengals? Or are we going to see the undefeated 10-0 and uh, run of the Steelers? So, And see, this is where I'm more in line with you of like the mental fortitude. Big Ben came out. There was like some video or report today, and he was just talking about the criticism that he had been taking. And he was just like, yeah, man, well, when you play like crap, like you deserve that that uh, criticism. Um and so I'm I'm kind of with you. They've been playing poorly. I don't necessarily see this as a huge like we gotta come back and win this game, sort of deal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Although, uh, just side note, Juju is no longer dancing on logos. So I don't know <laughs> I if that's a that. sign of maturity or what that is. So yeah, I saw that, but uh, I don't know if that's going to fix the running game <laughs> and uh, Big Ben's accuracy. But or the, at least it was distracting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so Gabe, for so let's assume AJ Brown and DK Metcalf as your wide receiver ones. Which way do you yeah. lean? It's so hard, bro, because they're. I, I think I, I lean AJ Brown just because he'll actually be able to escape Jair Alexander, but it's very similar in that. Um, like it's like an elite receiver versus also an elite corner who has proved himself throughout the season. And then and so, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no. And and then Deontay Johnson versus those other three. Yeah. So they like if if Deontay Johnson was on Camden's team, he would be in that same tier. Like it's I I, I didn't I couldn't even give an advantage to somebody in this in the receiver realm because I just said almost dead even. So, so far, we have a significant advantage for Connolly and the running backs and an advantage for Camden and the quarterbacks. And then receivers, I'm just – I put none, but we'll I guess we'll see in the flex. But, yeah, it's so even for me. It's so close. Okay. Tied, All right. Uh, yep, moving on to the tight ends here. Tight ends. All right. So, Logan Thomas uh, versus Carolina, Dallas Goddard at Dallas. Both have been uh, – Pleasant surprises, honestly. Uh, Both actually led their team in targets last week. Um, Logan Thomas set a career high in catches and yards, 13 for 101, and has become a target monster for the Washington football team. And when I say lead, led the team in targets, I'm talking like all skill positions in targets. Dallas Goddard had eight targets. The uh, next uh, highest was Jalen Rager with also eight. But he's led the team in targets for, I think, two weeks in a row now. And Mm -hmm. Logan Thomas... Again, he's out targeting Terry McLaurin. I don't like. I don't think that that's. I a, hear you, buddy. I hear you. 
like it's happening. And so obviously we as fantasy players are going to be more reactive than actually uh, getting to change anything that happens on the field. So he got 16 uh, targets last week. No, I know he uh, had an insane, an, an insane week. Now and that so, was, hold on just a side note there, Gabe, that was from Dwayne Haskins. Right. Is, is there going to be, do we think there's going to be any potential fallout or um, it, from yeah. the strip club we, video stuff? Oh yeah. I think he, did he get fined or something? I don't remember. I'm, I'm getting Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> with the stories and the uh yeah like what what's happened with the who's uh who's doing what who's paying what uh, unfortunate that the uh, we don't get to see the rockets and thunder play tonight but yeah well, there was, story. yeah that is actually <laughs> yeah no there so there was that video that had surfaced of Dwayne haskins going to a strip club um yeah. and he was maskless and all this stuff and you, you know we've seen ron rivera obviously uh earlier this year um with oh guys uh darius guys obviously a much much different situation uh not equating the two at all but we've seen a situation where like ron rivera doesn't put up with that like he has a very high standard for how he wants his team to act um do we see any potential fallout as far as like Dwayne haskins possibly not getting the start this week like is that in the realm of possibilities yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, he seemed, I think it's in the realm of possibilities. He seemed apologetic and uh, he's still taking the first team reps. I think Alex Smith is uh, getting limited practice in. Okay. But as far as how that relates to Logan Thomas, um, I don't think it matters all that much. I think that they like Logan Thomas um, and he's kind of emerged. He's been trending up in the last few weeks. And so. Okay. Um, yeah, and then Dallas Goddard. Yeah, 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 no, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback, honestly, talking about um, maturity, talking about skill level, talking about where they want to take that team. It's right. definitely an interesting situation. They're also still fighting for the playoffs. Like, <laughs> like this is a very important game for them. Like, that's real. It is. It is. It is. And hopefully they can figure out some, off- uh, some offense outside of uh, Antonio. Who I will mention... Um, I didn't put into the document because I didn't expect him to play, but uh, Connolly seems to expect him to play or has him in the lineup and is hopeful that he plays. Um, A lot of this analysis will change if he's active or limited, but you don't, you don't really come back from a dislocate or from a like turf turf toe toe or Mm -hmm. like hyper extended big toe as quickly as he has. But yeah, I don't know. Every year I'm more and more impressed with uh, NFL players and their seemingly superhuman bodies. So that would we'll put quite the wrench on. into the yeah. championship game. It would. It absolutely would because, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, then you have to see him versus Kareem Hunt versus Antonio Brown. We'll get into it a little bit uh, in the uh, in, in the next uh, section. But anyways, to finish up here. Uh, another decision for Camden, much like his the rest of all of his positions. Logan Thomas and Dallas Goddard. Uh, Dallas Goddard um, with the Jalen Hurts stack could be interesting. Saw two end zone targets. Um, I think has probably higher touchdown upside than Logan Thomas, but Logan Thomas has a safer target floor. So I don't know. Philosophically, do what you uh, do what you will there. And then um, Darren Waller versus Miami. Like I said. Darren Waller is approaching that Travis Kelsey tier of tight end along this final stretch of the season. He's gone over 100 yards receiving. 
twice in his last three games. Even with Marcus Mariota at the helm for much of the game against the Chargers, he's really good. He's hard to cover. He's like 6'5", runs like a 4'4". I'm glad they're finally scheming to get him all more because this guy is a special talent, and they paid him to be that special talent, and uh, he's producing. Um, So I definitely give the advantage to Connolly, but it's... uh, it's significant, but it's not as significant as the running back one because Logan Thomas and Dallas Goddard have played well of their own regard. Now, Miami's defense, I feel like, has been pretty stingy they uh, have. this year. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure what they're uh, like, uh, what they are against the tight end. Yeah. But um, yeah, they've definitely not been a, an easy uh, team. They have like that amoeba defense where like you never know who's blitzing, they don't have a ton of down linemen. It's just like yeah. uh, he's found a way. Brian Flores and that that coaching staff have found a way to like bring pressure and and Xavier Howard also. Uh, he's actually the Pro Football Focus top rated corner, the only one graded better than Jair Alexander, and that's only because he gets a lot more interceptions. But he's played really well. Also, they have two great corners, and uh, like that whole defense is is really good. You saw it against the the chiefs and in a lot of their games um i don't know darren wall is just a matchup nightmare i think that a lot like travis kelsey a lot of times you get your tight end on a backer because that's just the way the defensive scheme works and like what is kyle van noy supposed to run with darren waller like it's just it's going to be really difficult so okay just a reminder tight end you're going with waller but you don't think it's as significant as it would appear initially Right, right. Because okay. I think Luke Thomas and Goddard are going to be fine this week. All right, let's move on to the flex positions. Yeah, flex considerations. So for Camden, pretty much he has like some art, like the RB2 and the wide receiver 2. Godwin, Davis, Brandon Cooks, Leonard Fournette, Jeff Wilson. At the end of the day, he's going to have to pick like four out of the five of them to start. So they all have kind of their their drawbacks, kind of their advantages, and he's just going to have to pick one to sit in the end. He could even consider the other tight end if he wanted to, if he if he wanted to start Logan Thomas in the tight end spot. I think there is an argument to be made that Dallas Goddard could be in that flex consideration for that final flex spot. And then um, I put here um, one of his... So this isn't the hero play that I alluded to earlier, but it's just if he wanted to throw a dart, Michael Pittman at Pittsburgh, I think, is an interesting play. A rookie, he got out-targeted by Zach Pascal and T.Y. Hilton. But, I mean, this guy was drafted in the second round ahead of guys like LaVisca Chenault, ahead of guys like Chase Claypool. Like, this guy was drafted to be pretty special, and Phillip Rivers is playing some of the best football. I think Pittsburgh is in a bit of a tailspin. I don't know. I think it could be interesting. He could be that guy. He gets a deep shot to every game i think he could be that guy that just like the kj hamler where nobody's really expecting it and then he goes out and gets two touchdowns on three catches so i would be uh that would definitely be quite the hero play in my opinion (laughs) yeah i would be very scared starting michael Pittman in my championship fantasy game it's just it's that's the fun of fantasy you know because uh you never really know like you think you know but you never really that's true that's true 
And then we've got Connolly. So his flex considerations, Kareem Hunt at uh, the New York Jets. Um, my analysis is that he's facing the Jets, who are bad, and <laughs> the Browns are good. That's good so, <laughs> that is my entire analysis. Uh, but yeah, even though he's run behind uh, Nick Chubb all year, he still finds his way. He's efficient with his carries. He gets a decent target share, decent goal line work. Um, yeah, I think Kareem Hunt could be a fine play. Antonio Brown at Detroit um, could be interesting. Um he faces the Lions and their lackluster pass defense that I alluded to earlier. Um, he just he doesn't play as many snaps as Chris Godwin and Mike Evans do in that offense. And so um, it's kind of one of those things where you need him to connect on a, a deeper pass or get a touchdown. But I think he has a chance to do it, especially in this game. And I think that since he started kind of midway through the season with this team, I think he's still, in a in a way, finding his midseason footing and midseason form with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know. Antonio Brown definitely worth considering. And then Russell Gage um, at Kansas City. I think that this could be a potential shootout with the Chiefs if Matt Ryan plays well. Uh, he had ten targets last week. Um, no Julio last week. Um, but even, uh, I mean, if Julio plays, it would make me a little bit more nervous. But right. um, he still kind of established himself in such a pass-friendly offense. They can't they can't run the ball at all. Todd Gurley, Ido Smith, um, any of the Falcons really can't figure it out. They they pass all, and so um, Russell Gage has and, and Matt Ryan have kind of established a chemistry that you that you could at least take a peek at if you are Connolly trying to set a lineup. He's in his last three weeks. He's got thirteen point one fantasy points, sixteen point two fantasy points on yeah. 15.3 so he's yeah, definitely i think all three of those weeks julio's been out right um i or believe so maybe he played one with julio but yeah it, okay. uh definitely the last two he's been without gotcha yeah because yeah, yeah. i i know um or i always feel like whenever oh why am i blanking on his name not julio but what's the other receiver chris godwin oh chris godwin or calvin ridley Calvin Ridley, sorry. Calvin Ridley, I feel like Calvin Ridley actually performs slightly better when Julio is playing. Like, that's just, I, I think, in my opinion of when I'm watching the game, I feel like Calvin Ridley's a little bit more easily shut down when he's the, the main target guy. Um, but Russell Gage clearly plays a lot better whenever Julio is not playing. Like, he gets that he gets that uh, target share and target volume a little bit higher whenever yeah, he's not see that i could see that yeah. i think calvin ridley the beast um and we've seen it this year kind of the chris like you mentioned chris godwin and it's funny because he like kind of is that chris godwin of yeah. this year yeah, yeah, yeah. But a little bit more quietly so but yeah he's been really really good and uh yeah so russell gage worth considering because uh like cam was talking about if some of that defensive attention uh gets put towards calvin ridley or even julio uh russell gage could benefit and uh potential shootout with the chiefs all right are you ready for the hero who is still sitting on our waivers who i think has the potential to be just as good if not better than all of these flexes well hold on give me your who has the edge in the flex place oh i i didn't even write that down that's too difficult uh wild card shootouts (laughs) we'll give it to camden well, For hold on. Sake of Does Kareem is Kareem Hunt your best flex option out of everybody, or is Corey Davis? Uh, I probably put 
Corey Davis a little bit above Kareem Hunt. Really? Okay. But, and if Antonio Gibson plays, is he just far superior of all that? Uh, yeah. In healthy, my opinion, uh, it, Antonio Gibson, yes. Right. I, right. I would at least say yes. But exactly. like, I like, I don't know. I would be scared. <laughs> I would be scared out of my mind. Of or something to feel comfortable exactly i would be scared out of my mind to play antonio gibson if they suited him up this week because because literally what if he re-aggravates it in the first first series right right like that's that's a that's an egg sitting on your sitting on your your flex but okay and we've we've been bamboozled before by active running backs so 100 100 percent. so okay um okay give us your hero play gabe hero play pick up and play and and Fair warning, this could be homer bias because I love Deshaun Watson that he's going to put up and throw to the best receiver, but it's Chad Hansen. Practice squad legend Chad Hansen. He's played so many snaps these last ninety like these last two games. He is not going to see the same coverage that Brandon Cooks is, the the shadow corner, who I mentioned earlier, William Jackson. And He's been Deshaun Watson's favorite target like these last few weeks. So I think that Chad Hansen has the chance to perform admirably this week. And <laughs> he's my hero play. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm out. But it's because I looked up Chad Hansen. The first picture, first picture that pops up is him in a New York Jets uniform making the most <laughs> derp face I've ever seen. But okay, again, yeah. I'm I'm out. Yeah. I'm out on Chad Hansen. That's all the that's all you need to know. <laughs> but I'm just saying he I I really think that he's going to play well this week and he is sitting on waivers. So if you have the stones, Chad Hansen, hero play. Guarantee you he outperforms at least one of these flex options. Oh, okay. Okay. Spicy All take right. there. Over under of 12 fantasy points for Chad Hansen. Uh, half yard, 12 fantasy. So I'll take the over. Wow. Okay, that's that's <laughs> yeah. bold. That's bold, dude. Yeah. I got to give it to you. That's no, bold. I, I know. And that's, uh, I mean, what, Corey Davis is averaging like 13 points per game in our uh, scoring format. So. All right, boys, if you have the cojones. yeah and that's wide receiver 17 so yeah you gotta want it but i just wanted to give you an option if you really wanted it wow all right uh finally we finished with idps and i did a little bit of analysis here just for fun because it's the championship (laughs) so why not you know it uh i feel like i feel like uh we've worked so hard to get to this point uh these guys deserve it so jalen smith he really doesn't do anything that fancy but he's second in the league in tackles with 133 and that is how you stay consistent as an IDP. Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham uh, is IDP six on a per game basis. He averages sixteen point four points per game. Camden has a, has approached the IDP position with sort of a no nonsense philosophy. He wants guys <laughs> that get a lot of tackles consistently, get a lot of tackles. And, I like uh, it. There's no questions every week. He plays the same two guys every week. That's uh, that's how he's approached IDP, and it's gotten him to the championship. Well, hey, they know their role. They know what they're supposed to do. They know their role on Camden's team. Uh, make it, He makes it easy on them. Yeah, no, for sure. And then for Connolly's team, he's got Bobby Wagner, Rams, Devin White uh, at Detroit. Um, he Connolly takes a little bit more like, I want the like 
field general middle linebacker uh, as my IDP. He also, I mean, he, he has other other guys like Joey Bosa, who's a crazy sacks guy, and but he likes the upside on his IDPs. So Bobby Wagner has 126 tackles this year, so that's sixth in the league. And he, but he also plays a decent amount of snaps in coverage, so he gets an even higher ceiling with pass breakups and interceptions. He uh, he breaks up uh, more passes on average than do either of uh, Camden's IDPs. And uh, Bobby Wagner, yeah, he's been really, really good this year. Devin White, we saw him be the disruptive force on defense. Just ask Garrett last week. He does it all. He's the best IDP in the game this season. He scored the most points this season for an IDP. He scored the most points on a per-game basis this season. He gets sacks. He gets interceptions. He breaks up passes. He gets tackles for loss. It's Devin White, people, and uh, the advantage goes to Connolly there. So big advantage there? Uh, I don't know. The floor the for advantage. Camden guys are so, like, it's so consistent that, like, it will never be a big advantage. But it's advan- advantageous. You're not going to get 40 points from either the from uh, Zach Cunningham or Jalen Smith, as far as I can tell. So just to go over it, uh, you said her uh, Justin Herbert, you believe, has the edge in the QB battle. That's Camden's yeah. guy. Uh, pretty much a tie between the top running backs, Aaron Jones and, and Derrick Henry. Go ahead. Real, real quick, I was going to say, I know that I'm not emotionally invested in this game, but I would definitely play Jalen Hurts. I've decided. <laughs> okay, so let's make a note of like what Gabe's team would be. Jalen Hurts and Chad Henson would be his locks. Yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> but it's just, I feel like I have less, like, this is just like my free-flowing fantasy football. Like, ooh, I would totally do this if I was in this situation. But, like, how hard would it be to actually bench some of these guys that got you there? So you know? hard, bro. So <laughs> hard. Like, I can't envision a way Camden plays Jalen Hurts over Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um, And then you had mentioned for RB2, you think that uh, Conley with Austin Eckler has a pretty significant RB2 advantage. Yeah, I think that's the biggest lineup advantage of the uh... – of the matchup for wide receiver one you gave a slight edge to aj brown who's camden's receiver for wide receiver two you said it was pretty close neck and neck on a tie conley got the tight end advantage with darren waller but it's not as significant as you think and then the flexes it's just a mixed bag um probably going to be pretty even yeah on all of that and then the idp advantage goes to conley so yep unless someone plays in the flexes unless someone plays just out of uh my love for deshaun watson wait you said unless somebody plays chad henson yeah if someone <laughs> plays chad henson they get the flex oh my gosh well, okay if that's what you're going for bo- four boys put them, in the, put them in the lineup um okay so gabe I- i'll go first so you can think about it but let's give a score prediction and oh, who man. our winner is going to be Okay. It's so hard, and and I, after your hard hitting analysis, I actually think this is gonna be a lot closer than I initially thought. Yeah, my initial thoughts were, oh man, Camden's gonna get run over. Um, but with that being said, my winner, I have Conley winning a hundred and seventy three to Camden's a hundred and sixty two. So I actually think Camden puts up a pretty significant battle uh to conley and i and and with while you're while you're thinking what you want to do with all of kind of what you're going through i love that this has a big potential of having 
large numbers for our yeah, final scores. Sure. You know what for I mean? Sure. Like, I do I not want this to be a defensive slugfest. Like, I want this <laughs> to be every both teams puts up massive numbers. There's lots of touchdowns scored. Like, that would be so much fun for our fantasy championship. For sure. Go ahead and give us yours. All right. Hmm. I'm going to say 161 to 143 in favor of Connolly. Okay. As well. I, I yeah, no, I think that Connolly has um an advantage in a lot of places and I think that his team especially um like in the running back position and IDP position uh, has the potential to exceed expectation. So I see him um, putting up about 160 or 161. And then I see uh, Camden's team and there's a little, I mean, there's still potential to blow up and he could win the whole thing, but I just, if I have to pick, I'm going to put him at 143 and uh, just honorable mention um i think that if garrett sets his lineup this week he outscores both of them <laughs> that would make him feel so good uh, <laughs> somebody text garrett and tell him to set his lineup just so we can see what it'd be like i'll do the same thing uh oh man that'd be fun if everybody in the league set their lineup and we oh, could yeah. just see, see we could just see hey who would have had the highest score if they made yep. the super bowl insane bro. yeah um camden i'll tell you this what you do have going for you is i've been a terrible picker of teams all year just ask garrett and so i picked conley to win so that probably gives you um an unfair competitive advantage in this matchup to be completely honest um gabe did you have anything else you wanted to go over man that analysis was awesome no, it was a uh, it was a blast. I'm thankful. I'm looking forward to the rookie draft. Thankful for the podcast. And if you are joining us for fantasy basketball, look forward to seeing some of y'all on that podcast as well. Go Rockets and Texans. Okay, that's not how we're ending the pod. Um, just so you guys know, we will eventually have uh, another podcast, kind of like to kick off our off season. I don't know that it's going to be next week with Christmas and the new year uh, being next week. It might be the week after that. So um, bear with us on all of that stuff. I'll give you the information you need as far as the offseason starting after our uh, Super Bowl. And with that, boys, uh, Conley, Camden, good luck. Looking forward to the trades that are coming up soon. <laughs>